the first law of Ivanova's hair. Doesn't make any sense. Do the IMDb corner because oh, good grief. Look, do you know what it's like when telepaths make love? You and I being of firm New England stock understand yeah. what it means to be emotionally bound up. This might be my adult brain. Look at you being all what? judgy. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. I generally want uh, less Jack the Ripper. I should probably just cut all of this. The dutiful master of horse. Brain, brain, what is brain? Oh, I'm sorry. Suck it, DS9. I'm full of tinier vorlons! Cougar for Cocoa Puffs. Don't step to me with Bionic Bigfoot, man. I think I've had enough of you. I shall sail into the west and remain Garibaldi. What's she gonna look like with a chimney on her? Episode 91, No Compromises, in which we meet the new station commander, Captain Lockley, as well as some telepaths seeking sanctuary aboard the station. Coming to you live from inside the mind of a wide variety of telepaths who have been displaced from their homeworlds, this is the name of the pod, the Babylon 5 podcast, in which we discuss the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990 science fiction television program, Babylon 5. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined, as always, by my dear friend and co-host, Chris Tatro. Welcome What's back, up, John. Holmes? Hey. Yo, yo. Welcome to season five. I can't believe it. I, I really can't, yeah. to be honest. No. Given yeah. our... Uh, uh, given our well-established track record of both indolence and inability to complete a project, I suppose we'll never issue the last episode of this program, uh, right? We, we have to. We have to. Why break a perfectly good track record? You know, yeah. usually something you know, will will work feverishly on something for a while, and then something else shiny will come along, right. and distract us. So I'm, I'm, you know. As you say, I'm surprised that we haven't started 12 other podcasts and left this one, you know, lying fallow somewhere in the right. middle of season right. three. Right. Yeah. Oh, we'll get back to it. We'll get oh, back eventually. To yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You yeah, just we'll got to take back. care of these other things. These are just quick projects. Yeah. They're just, yeah. it's just a, it's just a side. Yeah. You know, just a side, it's a side hustle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, so but here we are. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are in season five uh, mm-hmm. of our show and season five of Babylon 5, season one. No compromises. I'm sorry, not episode season one. one. Episode one. No compromises. Um, yeah. We've got almost a new start right. for the show. You know, right. A, a, a big change in the status quo. Right. Uh, right. And, you know, we're not going to go through the episode kind of beat by beat, but... Yeah, this which is... we don't do as, you know, at, you know I mean, if, if, if you are new to our show... Starting in I, season five, you know. I can't you, imagine you, why someone's picking up a podcast at this right. point. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, why would you start with, uh, yeah, why would you start this program, uh, you know, on episode 80, right? Mm. But, uh, I mean, if you do, understand that we don't really do a beat by beat. You know, we sort of take take three or four themes mm. in any given episode and we'll kind of riff with them as as we were, you know, sort of inspired, right? Mm-hmm. Um and there's some things to talk about in this episode. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, you know, I can't think of too many other shows that have had kind of this many sort of not, not even really soft reboots, but, but kind of realignments of the status quo. Right. Um, that have needed, needed introductions in the way that this one did. Right. This is a, this is an ongoing theme on this program, mm-hmm. right? This show is now starting season five. We're now getting our third commanding officer. Yeah. Right. It's one thing to replace uh, to kill Tasha Yar mm-hmm. 
it's one thing to uh, uh, to 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 replace Kess with Seven of Nine. These are not the commanding officers, right? right? You know, it, it, in in a show where one might expect it, Galactica, right? Mm-hmm. You don't kill, you know, you don't kill Adama or or move him off, right? And so this gives this program Babylon Five, I mean, not just season five, episode mm-hmm. one, this kind of strange feeling of always being rebooted. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, in some ways it holds things back considering the limited time frame that that they right. have to tell their story having to kind of stop catch up reintroduce new characters right uh you know but you know at the same by the same token it's all accommodating you know, for the most part actors who need to leave the show indeed indeed right which goes back to points that we've made earlier about the casting decisions right right uh, that that to me there has to be some kind of connection between the fact that this show has these problems and the initial casting. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'll refer the the listeners back to our conversation about becoming Superman. You know, the the JMS mm-hmm. autobiography memoir, which you ought to read if you haven't, and if you are interested in this show, you really ought to read that because it's fascinating, mm-hmm. super interesting. Life, particularly if you are interested in writing yourself, because we all know that JMS is a prodigiously disciplined writer who puts out content like it's going out of style. I mean, the man can write uh, apparently anywhere and in any circumstances, life or otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. But. <clears throat> They ought to. They, they 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 ought not to have had these things happen over and over again. It seems to me, and you know it's bad yeah. luck. I mean, I get bad luck. Bad luck. Okay, mm-hmm. but you know, it it makes it makes the writing have to serve the needs of introducing brand new command level characters. If Michael Garibaldi left forever, and we had Zach Allen forever, mm-hmm. well, he was integral to the story. Early, I mean, we met him in season two, so that would have been okay. You bring yeah. in a new doctor, and kind of a no harm, no foul kind of thing. You can you can work around that, mm. right? Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't change the ambassador. I think you would just put a new actor in the in the makeup, right? Yeah, and I, call well, it I, the same character, right? I I mean, who knows? Yeah. I. I I, as much as it's as it was difficult to have a new commander come onto the station with Captain Lockley, yes, um, and, and and Captain Sheridan before that, you know, I I think the damage to the show if Londo or Jakar in particular had 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 been replaced as a new character, I I don't that I don't know if that's recoverable. I agree with you. That would have been. Yeah, Londo in to particular, lose. because yeah, yeah, we'll and we'll talk about this more in the next episode. But losing Londo's journey, yeah, that would have been you would have had to recast the part, leave yeah. the part, put in a new actor. Yeah, but, uh, but that doesn't seem. I mean, well, I was going to say it doesn't seem JMS's style, but they they tried it with Natoth. 
Um, it just right. didn't take. It just didn't take, yeah. Um, I think they would have had no choice. You can't get rid of Londo's arc. Right. And you can't get rid of Jakar's arc. At some level, Delenn's arc was largely completed in season right. four, and now she's part of this kind of new arc, mm-hmm. you know, interstellar alliance, you, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. you know, which, you know, we've seen from the end of season four where that, you know, where that might right. go, right? Right, um, yeah. So, so we've got a new captain, mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Lockley. Seems a ramrod straight, uh, straight shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, won't she, answer the question about what side she was on. Which okay, okay, I got, I've got some issues on that. I, I understand kind of narratively what JMS is going for in that, right? But Sheridan's done his research on her. He picked her for a reason. He knows what side she was yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, He knows yeah. what she was doing during the war. Right. Uh, there's no need for him to ask that question. There's no need for that for that interchange to come up. Right. Between them. Uh, r- it right, right. It would have been better suited if it had come up between, you know, her and Garibaldi or her and... and uh, I don't know Corwin or someone, you know, right, right, who hadn't who hadn't looked so deeply into her into her file. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it makes perfect sense for that conversation to happen between her and Garibaldi, yeah, who they were establishing as as being a little bit at loggerheads to each other. Right. Good, good. Michael Garibaldi needs someone to be, you know, kind of at loggerheads with. <laughs> yep. And um, and to Tracy Scoggins's credit, um, she clearly was having no. None of, you know, none of him, right? Right. Like, right. You're a, you're a civilian. Yeah, you left. Right? You left. So, yeah. suck it. Right. Get, yeah. Get out. Get out of. My, get off my bridge. Get out mm-hmm. of my C and C. Get out of my life. Right. Yeah. Her right? point that he had no business being in that meeting, perfectly valid. Full stop. You know, and and you know, she makes the point that which was reflected in you know, kind of how the station's been operating, that they've been operating as a, a group of friends. Right. And not as some sort of official organization. Right. And, yeah, and you have to distance, you have to separate out. When, when the stakes are, are this big, you have to separate out those kinds of personal relationships from the professional. And it, it's clear that Lockley is all about the professional. Yes, and yes. that's you know, and she's she's coming in from with an outsider's perspective. It's like when you bring a consultant in to a, to a work situation, and and they right. can see the things that that you can't see on the ground because you're too close to them. Right. For 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 sure. So she's um, definitely bringing that value. Right, and and we need that. Yeah. Right, because during the during the Civil War, and during the Clark uh, business, and during the Shadow War crisis. It was all, uh, uh, you know, kind of bailing, you know, bailing wire and, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, spit, spit and vinegar. You know, how do you keep this thing going? Well, we just got to figure out how to get 10 cents into Peter's hand to pay Paul. Right. Right. And we're just going to have to kind of make it work. Everything was kind of makeshift and, and Mm -hmm. and a struggle. Yeah. But that's. I mean that th- that that that's what that's what it would have been like, right? And so it felt right. really authentic. But now that we're back in business, mm-hmm. 
well, we ought to have a, a, a level of proper command discipline. Right. As, right. as she says, she's here to, you know, she, she wants to run an efficient operation and not go looking for trouble. And that seems to be what the station really could use. Right. At it, in its current status. You know, they don't want to bring any more trouble than they already have. And they need somebody who's going to put the whole thing back on the rails. Right. And, you know, we will see in the fullness of time if she is that person. Right. Right. But that's the idea. Mm-hmm. And she certainly does not give any... She does not give any indication of being anyone who is interested in character X, Y, or Z's personal BS or nonsense. Right. right? Yeah, you're not going to see her hanging out for drinks uh, at the... Um, what was it? What was it? Was it Earhart's. Earhart's, yes. Uh, club, you know, episode one, just kind of socializing with, with her no. other command no. staff. No. Or the ambassadors. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, and, and in fact, she does not appear. Whatever decision she made in the Civil War, mm-hmm. she does not appear to be personally burdened by it. No. Right? You, you know, I mean, we our, our Ivanova conversations mm-hmm. were always about how she was struggling with the burdens she carries. Right. Right. And Lockley does not appear to be burdened. Right. Right. And on the surface, the two of them could be seen as similar. They both have that, I'm here to be efficient. You're going to do what I say. Right. You know, you're going to... We're gonna run. We're gonna run this ship by my orders, by the book. Right. But but right. There's. She's. She says I was on the side of Earth. Weren't we all? You know. She. So whatever she was doing, she feels totally justified in it. Totally. She's not. She's not conflicted in the nope. least bit. Nope. And she doesn't have. Uh, at least so far as we know at this point, a whole baggage train behind right. her. Right. Of uh, of family issues and other right. kinds of things right. going on, and thank you for offering that bait, which I will not take. Right, you know she's just not interested. Yes. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, oh, I, I see what you're trying to do there, Michael mm-hmm. Garibaldi. Yeah, sorry, you're going to have to you're going to have to get up earlier in the morning <laughs> if you want to outfox me. Right, uh, and that's a that's I, that's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is something that the station needs. Right. Right. You know, as as we were talking in the pre-show, I I made the flippant remark that, oh, okay, well, now we finally have an Earth Alliance commander now in charge of a station full of aliens and her half of her staff is Interstellar Alliance because Babylon 5 is still independent. Right. Okay. Well, it took you long enough, JMS, but you have finally arrived. You are now making Deep Space Nine. (laughs) To some right. degree, yeah. To, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm being, where, I'm being flippant, but right, you know, uh, y- y- this, y- th- this is where Deep Space Nine starts off. It's where Deep Space Nine starts, right? Yeah, <clears throat> you yeah. know, and uh, you know, a Federation commander mm-hmm. and a bunch of, you know, assorted riffraff. Mm. I mean, for God's sakes, Odo was security chief in the occupation. Yeah. Right. I mean, he worked directly for Ducat. Right. And, you know, well, yeah. we, there we are can Londo go on parallels and on, right? there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I, no, I, I kind of like that. 
Yeah, the parallel that that, that jumped to my mind, oh, it's also in Trek, sorry folks, uh, was Commander Shelby, uh, who comes on, you know, when, when Picard is uh, Borgified and, uh, and starts, you know, barking around orders and she's very by the book, you know, put on a real uniform kind of thing. So, yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she's a very, uh, she's interesting because she is so on Star Trek, the next generation. Right. Right. And Lockley is giving vibes that she is not going to be like other actors and characters on Babylon 5. Right. Yeah. She's not, you know, back in the, in the long ago, back when I was a resident assistant in, in uh, undergraduate, you know, college. Uh, was this for Mass Aggie? Yes. In the back, late uh, 1900s? Yeah, <laughs> back, in, yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, you, there were there were twenty or so resident assistants on this on this team, and and as you work very closely with people over the span of a year, you know you get to be very close with them um, you know, through all kinds of adversity and dealing with you know whatever things come up. Uh, but our hall director, you know, would always start off every year and say, you know, we are not a family, we are not your family. You know, you're going to be close with people here. Yeah, but. But let's keep this in mind that you have a family. You know, you have you have someone else out there to to to, you know, have your kind of we're here. We're here to do to do this job. Right. We're here to to focus on this thing. So don't don't make that mistake of thinking that we're the. Yeah. The, the, the strained metaphor here that I'm trying to make, <laughs> uh, you know, being that that you really had the, the Babylon five cast coming together as very much like a family uh and and here you have this outsider coming in in a position of authority to to tell them that's not how things are going to be that's right and if it was just if it was just a new doctor coming in and being all like distant and gruff well okay fine we don't have to pay attention to this right but but lockley's really shaking up the dynamic and maybe that'll be to the good yeah right um I mean I, I think I, I think in 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 many respects the stuff when she's on screen is the best stuff in this episode. Mm. I agree. And I, I although I'm I have to say that I'm somewhat surprised to hear that given your track record uh right. with Tracy Scoggins. Right. Right, I'm uh, uh, Tracy Scoggins. Uh, I was a huge fan of Lois and Clark from the '90s. The mm-hmm. the you know the '90s version of the Superman story, basically Superman via moonlighting. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who haven't watched it, um, basically it's kind of a light romantic comedy, um, and Tracy Scoggins plays a kind of a gossip columnist for the Daily Planet. Was Cat Grant. Cat Grant, right? Yes. Uh, who was reincarnated on Supergirl in the in the body of um, 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 Callista Flockhart, mm-hmm. who Callista Flockhart's interpretation of the character so different, so different, and genius, right? Yeah, yeah. She yeah. made that show. She made Supergirl a great show in its first season. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and I 
God, I hated Tracy Scoggins. I hated mm. Cat Grant. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, when this show came out in 1998 or whatever Eight. it was, yeah. uh, I hated Captain Lockley and was, you know, eye-rolling to the nth degree that she was the person. There are 10 million actors. Mm-hmm. And this is the one you picked. Ridiculous, right? Right. But, you know, I think she's just fine. Right. Right? Now which, that I'm not... Now. Yeah, which, which, which speaks to, you know, maybe it was, it was more the character than the actor. Yes. Uh, in Lois yes. and Clark. And yes. it was how she was playing that character. Uh, you know, and so it's, you know, she's got clearly enough of a range to now come in almost 180 degree difference. Right. Between those two, between Cat Grant and Elizabeth Lockley. Right. Uh, now, I asked you to think about who you might have cast in the moment. And for once, I did my homework. Look at you. So I know. I said, look, uh, you know, at the time, I would not have cast her because I would have been too poisoned by Cat Grant, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I said, who would you have cast that's sort of like a a name actor mm-hmm. and then maybe someone who's more a little more genre mm-hmm. right um maybe not as well known and y- folks you know how much chris and i love space above and beyond so i think we can both stipulate to the fact that given a choice we would have put Kristen cloak right right I- into the role because she's a badass and she's yeah. awesome right but i well, said we yeah. can't pick her Right, given the choice, we'd put Kristen Cloak into every role on this show. Virtually any role. Um, right, so that she's, she's Hall of Fame. She's, uh, she's yeah. you know, she not valid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So who is, your, um, who is your famous? My famous, and see, I actually did some, I did some digging on this. You did this some digging, yeah. And, and, and took into account the person's career mm-hmm. in 1997-98. That's what I did. Where they might be gettable for this Correct. show. Um, I think mine is gettable. I'm not sure about mine. Okay. Uh, in 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 tradition with our recasting, uh, the budget was is is not being considered because this would, right. this would break any network. Okay. Um, I cast Gina Davis. Oh. Wow. In '97, she's yeah. only a couple years out from Cutthroat Island, so her yeah. name is Poison. Right. Which means that, and she's not doing a whole lot else. Uh, she might be she might be gettable in this and i think she could i think she could come in as a very uh hard-nosed comm- yeah. uh, commanding officer um she's definitely got presence yes uh you know to uh, to yeah, pull that, that sort off sort of Thelma and Louise kind of vibe mhm right yeah. not the cutthroat island vibe right no. yeah yeah no yeah 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 i think the fact that that cutthroat island was made her Hollywood toxic for a number of years. I, I I bet I bet she was totally gettable. Yeah, and you know Hollywood toxic is is practically on it's so on brand for this show. Right, you know? <laughs> right, which, right. Which again, you know, I, I think ties into the a lot of the elements of actors leaving. Right, uh, and and maybe even of the 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 high you know the, the Babylon Five curse, the high death rate that we've seen. Right, that they were bringing in people who were. Maybe, you know, not, you know, they were not necessarily A-list celebrities. They were a little down on their, on their luck. You know, they, maybe they had, had health issues or had other things going on that kept right. them from 
Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, That's a dynamite something. choice, man. Yeah, I, I, I just I saw a picture. And I was like, oh yeah, it's her. Put her in the uniform. Yeah, she would look good in that uniform. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's a great choice. Well, thank you. Yeah. Who, uh, who you have? I selected Dana Delaney. Okay. Okay. China yep. Beach. Yep. Right. A really strong. Say again. Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Right. A very mm-hmm. strong television career. Yep. But by the mid '90s. It was looking like maybe she'd peaked mm-hmm. a little bit, and this mm-hmm. would have been maybe a uh, you know a way to kind of reset a little bit. Okay, sure. Uh, I thought she was great. China Beach is not really my kind of jam, but when I watched it, I was always very impressed by her, and I've always yes. been impressed by her work. Anywhere mm-hmm. she is, I'm like, you're elevating this material, right? Yeah, and and I could imagine her, you know, again. She'd, she'd look really the part in the uniform, mm-hmm. yep. right? And being really kind of like this character as written would be mm-hmm. a really nice fit for the way that she depicts herself, you know, in the roles yes. that she does. Yeah, she's definitely one of those one of those actors that, you know, when they show up in something, you're like, oh, okay, I'm really going to enjoy this. She's She's got that Clancy Brown kind of feel. It's right. Like, oh, okay. Oh, he's in this? Oh, this is going to be good. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, even and if even if everything else around it is just terrible, it's like, oh, okay, this person's here, great. That's right, that's right. And you know, I thought about Blair Brown. Get out of my brain. But but I I said no. Blair Brown is was my choice for the uh, for lesser genre. known. Yes. Ah. Yes. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah. Get out of my brain. <laughs> yeah. No, I be you know because uh, again you know okay oh, she's ridiculously so, good. She's ridiculously good, but around this time, you know, Altered Carbon is, or not Altered Carbon, uh, Altered States yep. is a long time ago. Um, right. You know, she's got... Uh, Days she's and got Nights Fringe. of Molly Dodd and Molly is Dodd now is a while back. A yeah. while back, right? Fringe is ahead of her. Fringe uh, is ahead, right? Yeah. But I, you know, at, at, I was looking through and I was like, oh, okay. You know, she would, she would definitely, she would nail this. Yeah, and there was oh the fringe my. connection, so I thought I was, I was like, oh yeah, John will dig this. Yeah, so, and then he went ahead and just ripped it from my head. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, well, this is for an ep- appropriate for an episode talking about telepaths. Right, we're let it we're working we're working from a hive mind. Yeah, you know, which helps explain why each of us can't quite get our act together. Yes, right. It, it's <laughs> if like, only it, we were in our own head. <laughs> it's it's that it's that uh, the uh, board game from Cheap Ass Games from many years ago. Give me the brain. That's right. Where where there are a number of zombies running around, and the only one who can actually act independently is the one holding the brain at the at the time, and That's you have right. to kind of share it back and forth. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I wish I'd picked Blair Brown. Um, no. I picked Susie Plaxon. I don't think I know Susie okay. Plaxon. Susie Plaxon, uh, Doctor Selar, and Klingon Ambassador Kalar in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Okay. Uh, I always thought she's a dy- she's a she's a dynamite genre actress. She's super. She's really tall. Mm-hmm. Has a very striking physical presence. And, okay. And I how do you I, how how do you spell that last name? P L A K S O N. Plaxon. K S. Oh, okay. okay. There she is. Yeah. All right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, if you're going for someone who's kind of genre. And clearly they are, because Tracy Scoggins is 
right is is genre right yep uh i might have gone or i would have gone with susie plaxon hmm. um because i thought i thought her her work as that vulcan yeah. doctor she only had 10 lines but oh wow you really can capture what it means to be vulcan and mm-hmm. kalar is one of the great characters on that program it was a yeah. tragedy that they killed her right because there was so much i'm not even talking about her worth relationship i'm just talking about her as a character uh-huh. so interesting that yeah. it feels you know sort of too bad that they they did her in but hmm. um yeah i you know, you know i wouldn't wasn't familiar with her but uh but looking over her her imdb page i yeah solid choice yeah thanks man yeah. blair brown yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. I, I also have uh, I have a couple of, of comedy choices as well. Oh, uh, okay. Tell, tell, tell. I didn't do any of this. One one of my comedy choices, and I think would have worked for the for the era, would have been Kim Cattrall. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the uh, yep. And the other uh, was uh, Genevieve Bougeot. <laughs> <laughs> Since she isn't doing anything on the other set. Right. right? Exactly. It's right. Like, oh well, you'll, you you. you she walked off of Voyager. Sure, come on over here. We'll take yeah, it. Yeah, right. Um, both of yeah. I think I, I I say them as comedy choices, but I think either of them also would have you know would have worked well. Uh, well I'm not as familiar with, with, with. I'm yeah, I'm not familiar with Bujo's work really in anything else. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go watch the surviving footage yes. of her mm-hmm. enacting Nicole Janeway. Mm-hmm. That show gets canceled, <laughs> you know. Yeah, she just doesn't have. She just she just doesn't have it. Yeah. Right. Um, wow. Hmm? Um, yeah. Well, I had to put out Kim Cattrall as a you know as as the counter uh, to your suggestion as as someone who maybe didn't really play a Vulcan all that well. Right. Yeah. Valeris. Mm, yeah. Whatevs. Uh, yeah. I mean, if. Uh, if Terry Hatcher wasn't working, right, right, then maybe you could have brought her on, or really, you know, any one of the <laughs> Sex in the City, right, uh, you know, uh, 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 actors, right. Yeah, yep, yeah, good. But in any case, yeah, uh, folks, we hope that you'll share your thoughts on 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 who you might have cast in this role, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with us on the Facebook page. So, look, we've got the new captain, and right. we've got the new sort of political arrangement that is tested by the presence of these telepaths, mm-hmm. which Captain Lockley says, no, you may not establish a colony. And President Sheridan says, you may. Yeah. Now, so we have this new this new relationship, this new dynamic established, and then immediately broken. That's right. Within the same episode. Right. Uh, I might right. have waited a couple of episodes to do that, you know, to, to at least at least give Lockley some autonomy before completely overturning it. Oh, this way. that is so in Sheridan's wheelhouse. Oh, it absolutely did. is. Right? Yeah. No, it had to happen this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> to me. oh, this was this is this is an operational decision. No, this is a this is a this is a diplomatic decision. This is a diplomatic so decision. Yeah. You know, so okay, the the line is completely arbitrary and is is to be violated at will at your well, discretion. Yeah, I right. have to imagine Lockley is going to do the same from the other side of the line. I would think so. She, if if she wants to, if she wants to play in this sandbox, and be, you know, 
be continue to, to be a contender and taken seriously, she's going to have to do the same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought her assertion of her, uh, you know, this is what's in my sandbox and what's in yours, mm-hmm. was entirely fair and appropriate. Mm-hmm. And she ought to call him on this. Yeah. You know, define, defend for me why this is a political decision and not operational. And, you know, I might have put, spoiler alert, I might have put three minutes of that into the next episode. Right. And it isn't there. But I might have, I might have put a, a, an exchange about that. Yeah. In a, well, in a prestige for, format coming. program. Yeah. That would have, they would have done it in the next, right. in the next episode. No, you know, no question. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, audience, you know that when we don't, we don't think a thing works, we're going to call it. This is a perfectly fine episode, a nice transitionary episode. But I've got to tell you, Byron, I'm not feeling it. You it's know, like a Marcus, yeah. Marcus Light, a Marcus substitute. Right? You know, why are all these telepaths, uh, you know, from the from from Essex? <laughs> right? <laughs> why you are know? they long-haired and dreamy? Right. Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. No. 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 Um, and the way that he introduces those people with him, it's almost fetishizing. I just found it really off-putting. And special Simon, gross. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, the introduction scene struck me as one of those. You can write these words, but you can't really speak them. Yeah, they can't um, be said, right? And and very, very. Uh, how do? Uh, what's the word for? But forced or very, you know. It just it doesn't it doesn't flow naturally. Right. I uh, felt I felt sort of like yeah. Yeah. Right, just listening to those words being said. Right. Because I th- I think I think you've nailed it. This is a JMS writing a thing that mm-hmm. can't really effectively be said. Yeah. It totally didn't work for me. Yeah. Um I, I, I wish that they had, or I, I wish they had brought back some of the, the, the group of telepaths that were in hiding, uh, right. from, from back in, what was that season two, two, uh, when, when Bester was hunting for them, you know, they, they had an interesting group of characters there. And now I know they had, they, they weren't on the station this whole time. So we couldn't just say, oh, here they are. They were you know popping back up, but, but Hey, you know, we came through here before we're now we're going to come back and settle. Right. Right, could have been could have been an interesting approach. Right. Bring um, some of them back, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you know, to to the point, they've already kind of done this storyline once, right? And it was done in a way that I thought had a basic integrity. Yeah. Right. Whereas this one, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. maybe it's Byron. I don't know. I really maybe. do not I, resonate yeah. with this character. I. I I didn't see enough of season five when it when it aired yep. to have a sense of him and whether I like him or not. Um, I know there's he's pretty polarizing in the online community to people who to talk about the show these days. You know, season five in in and of itself is pretty polarizing, right? Uh, but uh, it's it's not a good introdu- It's not an introduction that's going to warm me up to to this person. You know, playing playing these 
these kind of illusion, you know, Batman disappearing trick kinds of games and, mm-hmm. and being kind of menacing, uh, you know, being very, you know, very vampire, the masquerade ish. Uh, right. You know, I'm, I'm being, I'm being mysterious and menacing and, and, you know, dark and, and, and right. then, yeah, introducing you know, his, his people. Oh, this, this one, you know, very, very serious, but also tender hearted. It's like, what? I, I, yeah. Yeah. The whole, the whole thing. And, and why the heck was Simon crawling around through the air ducts to begin with? You know, was that just his thing? I, right, right. Was he, what, what, did he have a telepathic sensitivity to what he needed to discover? Yeah. Right. Really the whole, the, the all of the assassin plot and, and Simon's death and all of this stuff, it, it's, we we debated whether or not to even discuss it in this episode because really right. it's it's only kind of stapled on very loosely to to the rest of the episode which is which is transitional and introductory for right. for Lockley and for the Byron and the telepaths in general right um, the the plot eh, okay fine whatever um, you know Garibaldi discovering who this assassin is. Um, boy, that was some thin ice. That was yeah, some, right, some right. Real tenuous connection there. That's it's like some Sherlock uh, nonsense. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, Rocky, watch me pull. Well, yeah. Watch me pull an assassin out of my hat again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but it was worth it for the for the the Star Fury sort of coming up in front of the. the that was cool. Port window. That I was like, oh, oh, that's that's pretty awesome. Right yeah. There. Yeah. And then the Garibaldi, you know, tractor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, you know. Yeah. That that was that was cool, right? Um, but yeah, overall, I'm you know, and that was the same a... observation dome where Turhan was, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And they needed to they needed to have the inauguration there, of in course, order to have the window, right? You know, they they couldn't have it anyplace else. No, you couldn't have it yeah. anywhere safe, yeah. right? Yeah. But speaking of the inauguration, I know Go. we've been jumping back and forth a lot of it, but. Well, this is how we do this. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I was going to say we're shaking the rust off from our break, but no, we, we were perpetually rusty. No, we're, we're, we're doing, this is what we do. Yeah. Um, the Jakar that we're seeing here in season five. I was going to go to this place. Okay, yeah. please, please. How far have we come Holy from the Jakar of the Gathering? Crap. Yeah. A sort of you know, humorous... <sighs> You know, very mild. You know, put your hand. You know, say I do. Done. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we we saw this Jakar two or three times in season four, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and now we're getting a real, uh, you know, a, a, a real sense of how far this character, as a you know, it's kind of a sentient life form, mm. has come. Right. I mean, what a journey he's walking. Well, I mean, yeah. look, it's the point that we made in the very first episode. We think this program is ultimately at its best when it is telling alien stories. In particular, Londo and, and Jakar And in particular, stories. Londo and Jakar. Okay? Yeah. Um, and that remains true. Uh, being asked to write uh, the oath of office and the sort of inauguration address, right? Mm-hmm. Jakar talking about the writing that he's doing yeah. and how important it is to him. And... This is the first page of, of the holy books of 500 faith traditions. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, this is all totally in line with Babylon 5's thesis, 
right? With the great work that JMS does to try to give respect to faith stories, faith questions in a sci-fi in a sci-fi setting, mm-hmm. he really cares about culture. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And so when he doesn't, when something doesn't land, uh, I'm I'm that much more disappointed because it generally lands. Yes. Right. And what a what an extraordinary journey that this character is on and is not done. Right. Right. Um, Andreas Katsoulas, ridiculous. Yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. The best thing about this show. In in many respects. Yeah, easily. And impossible to anticipate that we would be here after <laughs> the the Jakar of the Gathering. Right. 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 All that mm-hmm. you know. And you know, kind of kind of shady dealing, you know? Oh yeah. Him, you know, skeeving on uh skeeving on Lita. In yeah, you know, in the in the, in the opening of the gathering, come on, was, yeah, gross. Yeah, that was pretty gross, and and you know, and here we are. Yeah, um, so I, I mean, look, I think a pretty good start. Yeah, um, telepath war stuff. I, I mean, I'm open to the storyline. Mm-hmm. I'm just not vibing with Byron. Right, and I thought the introduction of his compatriots and uh, ugh, special Simon. Gross. Even in the 1990s, so not okay. Mm. And now it just totally lands false for me. You're, you're referring to um, his his uh, projecting the the flower image and, and that sort of thing. And, and yeah, his, I mean all of it. Yeah, all of it. Right, the way the characters acted, mm-hmm. the way he's dressed, the way that his his haircut, <laughs> this name, special Simon. No, 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 and no. Mm. Right. Yeah. But I'm open. I'm you know I'm open to the idea of of there being a telepath war. Yeah. You know, and I'm open to the idea of the community, you know, being built out. And uh, much to my surprise and delight, Tracy Scoggins is Captain Lockley. All good. Look at you. We Next. we talk we talk about how far Jakar has come, and look at you. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) I welcome death. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Two minutes on what have you been watching in the uh, in 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 the in the time that we've been away? Oh, oh, good grief! Um, Anything come to mind that you want to recommend to the listeners? I will. I will definitely recommend uh, a short series called Undone on. Uh, yeah. on Amazon Prime, which I had recommended to you just last week. I yep, think I just finished, just finished watching, watching it, it yesterday. Yeah. It's it's uh, rotoscoping animation, uh-huh, which uh-huh. is there to allow for a lot of magical realism. Um, yep. it's got some real inter- in just eight episodes, just some real good deep character building, character totally. development. Um, Rosa Salazar, who I was not familiar with before watching this, apparently she played the lead in uh, Battle Angel Alita. Uh, yes. Which a number of people have said, oh, it was much better than I thought it was going to be. So I may have to go and check it out. But I think she just does a, a fantastic job in that. Um, yeah, she's great. Bob Odenkirk, you know, always terrific in my book. Um, yep. Check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, eight episodes. Magical realism. Time travel. Rotoscoping. Rotoscoping. I mean, what, I yeah. Mean, it's a little heavy. Oh, yeah. It's a little heavy. But it's got humor. I mean, it's not. It's yeah, not, it's got humor, yeah. but it's a little heavy. 
Um, I've mostly been watching movies, frankly, mm-hmm. but the two shows that I've watched in the time that we've been on hiatus, I watched uh, Cloak and Dagger, mm. which I thought was, after a little bit of a rough go, rough start, first couple of episodes, is this is this sort of Teen Wolf kind of, uh-huh. or is this going to be a thing, right? Yeah. It, it, quite good. Okay. Second season was dynamite. I have to check that out. And... Um, and um, Runaways, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which you know I also quite liked. After I got into it, it needed a couple episodes to settle. Yeah, I, we started watching it, and then I gave up on it a few in. I wasn't as motivated to watch that because I didn't love the comic series, um, which uh-huh. I believe is Brian K. Vaughn, who I've I think yep. I've said who you I don't, don't like. like in general. Um, yep, and. It, it The comic series itself has gone through a couple of different authors, including, I think, an abysmal arc by Joss Whedon um, that was, as you say, gross in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, maybe I'll go back and finish watching that at some point just to, to kind of see where it goes. I like I like some of the characters in Runaways, but I, I, I never felt really sold by the story. Yeah. Well, you know, if you choose to watch it, we can, mm. you know, we, we, we can discuss. I, I liked yeah. it, but... I liked Cloak and Dagger more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, folks, I think we're at the end of, of our episode here. Uh, we appreciate you listening, giving us your feedback. Looking forward to us coming back. Uh, we're delighted to be back. And we've got 20 episodes to go. And we look forward to your enthusiastic thoughts, shares, perspectives, criticisms, you know, and... Uh, and, you know, onward and upward. Exactly so. All right. Until next time, All Chris. All right. Next week. See you. See ya. Bye.